All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. You guys know that Silicon Valley really wants to solve the ultimate problem that we all have. Death. We are not seeking to replace the fact that death is final. But the fact that you can no longer exist... You know, in the physical world, doesn't mean that you can no longer exist spiritually on the virtual world. That was Moron Zur, the founder of a service called Safe Beyond. That service lets you leave messages for your loved ones, but the videos and emails that you record and write won't be delivered to your friends and family until you are long gone. It's like a message from the grave. I mean, is this the craziest or the best present you could ever give to someone you love. It's Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and with me in the studio is the executive producer of the show, Jen Poyant. Hello, Manoush. Hello, Jen. And Jen, we were kind of joking that actually your other title should be Death Correspondent. Ah, yes. I think that's because of the last show I ended up in about a month ago. That was about transhumanists, those people that believe that tech can help them live forever. Yes, it was a great show. Listeners, if you haven't listened to it, do go back because you will not stop thinking about it. But you've got something different today. Yeah, today my story is about people who have no expectation of living forever, but maybe want to change how we define death. And I, and I'm, well, okay, I'm not going to give away that I'm confused by it, but let's talk about this company, Safe Beyond. So, the founder that we just heard from at the top, I'll, I'm going to tell you more about him. His name is Moran Zur. But before we get to him, I just want to play you a clip of their promotional video. I think it'll give you a sense of the services they provide. Hey, princess. Imagine your dad passes away when you're 17. And then Mm -hmm. 10 years down the road, you get a text notification or an app notification on your phone and up pops up video on the day of your wedding from your dad. Yeah. Hi, Dad. I just want to say I love you. I want you to go out there and have a great wedding and a great rest of your life. All right? I'll see you later. Uh, Jen, I'm going to reserve judgment for now, but I will say that this has to be one of the darker products coming out of Silicon Valley right now. Yeah, it is. But, Manoush, before you curl up into the fetal position over there, let me just... I'm already there. (laughs) Let me just tell you why I think this technology is interesting. First of all, it's part of this growing industry, which is pretty fascinating. There are a number of websites and apps for what could be called legacy management. So there's a bunch of them. There's stuff like Everest, Cake... Everplan or Afternote. Afternote. And then, of course, Google and Facebook have afterlife planning functions, mm-hmm. too. But the company we're focusing on, this this company, Safe Beyond, offers tools for, quote-unquote, transitioning after someone's died. 
So they help with like handling digital wills or transferring your account passwords. Well, those are actually that's very useful. People should be doing more of right. that. Right. Yeah. And then there's these messages where you can send videos, texts, audio recordings or emails to your loved ones in the future. And you can trigger those messages for a special occasion or a specific location like a baseball game or whatever. Like in that ad, what we heard, where that woman gets that message from her deceased father. Okay, this makes me deeply uncomfortable, but I can't quite pinpoint why. That's exactly what I wanted to talk with the founder of Safe Beyond Moranzer about. I wanted to understand how he came up with this service. And he told me about the death of his father and how that made him think very hard about what he could do to help other people cope with death. When I lost my father to cancer, I was 25. You don't think about all that stuff. It's all about the present. You focus on getting him better. You don't think that there'll be a day he won't be around anymore and I wouldn't be able to ask him for his advice. Mm-hmm. And then a few years afterwards, I mean, I met my future-to-be wife. And mm-hmm. before asking her to marry me, I thought, you know, I don't want to have this big wedding if my father cannot be present. And you know what? I never talked to him about it. Maybe he wasn't the best one to give advices with him getting divorced, mm-hmm. but still, I mean, it was just dad. like, yeah, exactly. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we, we did a small wedding, but then I had my initial thoughts about Safe Beyond. But, you know, I put it aside until three and a half years ago. Then I was actually on vacation with friends, skiing in France, literally on the top of the world. And everything was perfect and nice and until I got this phone call, which was... Uh, I heard that my wife got hospitalized, and now they find a huge tumor in her brain. And we find out, unfortunately, a couple of weeks later, that it is the worst type of cancer in, called GBM, glioblastoma, which is uh, not a nice one. But, I mean, we decided we're going to fight it. So she's doing okay right now? Yeah, she is. And she's, uh, she's very strong. She's focusing on, uh, on enjoying life. Once I was feeling comfortable that she's doing good and well, and uh, I decided to create Safe Beyond. Basically, what we've created is a digital safe that allows you to store messages for your loved ones. The messages and assets I want to leave for my wife are totally different than the one that I want to leave to my brother and totally different than the one I want to leave for my son. You can decide in advance how you want these messages to be triggered out. You know, there will be a day where... uh, My son will turn 18. I don't know if I'll be around there, but I can leave a message for this specific date. Let's say the date has come, you know, and he turns 18 and I'm still around. We'll just, you know, be informed by the platform saying, hey, we are happy to have you here still with us. And now what do you want to do with this message? Right. You want to discard it. You want to, you know, just share it with your loved one or you want to just change the date for it, maybe. It doesn't mean that... You have to die in order to watch this. And have you been through this process with your wife? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, my wife actually was, she is a very extensive user. Yeah. And she was the first user and she loves it and she spent a lot of time there and she's creating it uh, like it's a time capsule for her. I completely understand the impulse for you designing this. With my experience, for example, with my brother passing away, who was in his mid-20s when he died and he, he died of cancer and he had, he had a long fight as well. I'm not sure how I would handle like a notification on my phone and, and seeing a, a, a video message from this person that I've lost who meant so much to me. Do you understand the, the yeah. discomfort yeah. that my, no. people may have yeah. with this? 
It's changing the perception of death. And it's a very big mission. And we are not seeking to replace the fact that death is final. But the fact that you are, can no longer exist you know, in the physical world doesn't mean that you can no longer exist spiritually on the virtual world from that perspective. I'm sure you've thought about this. How do you prepare just in case this doesn't work as a business model with these people entrusting these deeply personal messages? Uh, we thought about it a lot, obviously, and that's why we've taken all relevant measures to ensure that this will exist as far as possible. It's not like it's being stored on our uh, servers in our backyard. We use the Amazon cloud servers, which I think it's the safest place, but we plan to be for many years to come. It's free, but then you can pay for more storage. Is that right? That's 100% right. I mean, it's basically unlimited letters. Mm -hmm. And what's the fee for the extra storage? It's $8 per month. So you pay only as long as you leave, and you get 25 years afterwards. Are you guys selling any data involved in this? No, no. It's very important to be strict about it. I mean, we do not sell any of the data. This is none of our uh, model, and uh -huh. it's never going to be. The memories that I have from my father, even though that we had a good relationship, yeah. are basically these last months in the hospital. This is the most strong uh, memory that I have about my father. And I, I don't think it's fair, not for him, not for me, that this is how I'll remember him. Because he was a very vivid person, so I would have wanted to see him otherwise. I want to hear his voice again. Whether you want it or not, you're going to be technologically remembered. My son will come to Google search in a few years and he'll find many stuff about me. And this is maybe the way that I will be digitally remembered. But we're giving you the tool to decide how to be remembered. It's not how the net has decided to remember you because this is keywords about maybe the business I done and some other stuff. You can decide what's important. I get the chance to say the last word to him. I get the chance that he'll remember me the way I want it. Oh, Jen, you know, this is, it's reminding me, my family went to see Fiddler on the Roof, and they said, there's this one phrase that really stuck in my mind. They said, you you only die when the last person speaks your name. And I guess kind of that's what this service is offering. It is maybe making contemplating your own death a little easier. Maybe it's comforting even. You know you're staying in people's thoughts. Right, I think so. But I think that begs this big question about the service, Safe Beyond. Who's the service for? Is it mm. for the person that's that's dying, you know, who might need that comfort and that time to contemplate? Mm -hmm. Or is it for the person that's going to be one day grieving you? Yes. And that is why we sent a producer to talk to a mother who has decided to use the Safe Beyond service. And also talk to her kids about their thoughts on getting messages from their mom after she's gone. If I set this up and I'm sending you messages of encouragement in the future, even after I'm not here, is that going to freak you out or do you think that'll be cool? That'll freak me out. Stick with us. We're back. It's Note to Self. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and we're learning about Safe Beyond. This is a service that people can use to record messages for their loved ones to listen to once they have passed away. 
and Jenna Cagle, one of the producers here at Note to Self, went to Utah to talk to someone who's decided to use this service. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Manoush. So tell me about this woman. Her name is Ginger Johnson. Yes. Ginger lives in a suburb of Salt Lake City, Utah, called Layton. She has three kids, Ben, who's 16, Brinley, who's 14, and Brooks, who's 9. And I went to Utah to spend a weekend with them. We did some, you know, normal family stuff. We went to a soccer game. We went to a shopping mall. Ben did some skateboarding. I mean, it all sounds like, you know, typical family stuff. But why is Ginger using Safe Beyond? She's using it because she's battling cancer. Mm -hmm. She was first diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2007. And at the time, she was five months pregnant with her son, Brooks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And she went through lots of chemo. She had two separate mastectomies. And luckily, she went into remission. But the cancer's back. When I was visiting, Ginger had just gotten the first round of shots of a new treatment. The idea is that it's going to slow down the spread of her cancer. The shots they gave me, they're supposed to kick in in like, like a three to five window. So I'm feeling kind of tired today because I run down. But if um, I'm like more emotional, just give me more hugs. Don't be mad so Ginger's fit, she's petite, she's got short red hair, freckles, and blue eyes. She's got this whole smiling with your eyes thing down. You know, if you saw her, you'd really have no idea what she's been through. The spring of 2015, I just started feeling really bad. I had this massive pain in the top right area, and um, I had a, to come to find out it was a tumor. It's, it's a residual cancer from the original breast cancer that's floating around in your body until it decides to take up residency somewhere and then grow. There's so much my brain had to process in such a short window of time. Body's falling apart, life's falling apart. After that, things started to move really fast. Ginger decided she wanted to opt out of chemo and her and her husband also decided that they were going to split up. Then she started making plans for her legacy. Enter Safe Beyond. Well, I'm not planning on dying anytime soon, just saying. Like, I'm not going anywhere. But knowing that I have a place where I can put messages for my children and I can tell them, hey, make sure you check this journal entry out, that to me is super cool. I sort of picture that any young parent facing their death would write letters. Why didn't Ginger just write letters? Yeah, well, Ginger told me that she has already written letters and they're in her journals and they're for each one of her kids. But she really likes the idea of sending video messages for specific moments in her kids' lives. You know, the big ones like marriages or graduations or even getting a driver's license. But she also wanted to be there for the small moments too, like remembering to take out the trash or empty the dishwasher. When you have to face events in your life that you know are coming, but you do not want to have to face those. I did not want to have to be told I was going to have stage four cancer, but I knew it. I knew. Am I going to to die eventually? Ah. Do I know when? Oh. I still have. Honestly, fear. It's not the word. It's just concern for my children. Yeah, because I won't be here to help them. 
But if I can send them a message, maybe, just maybe, that will be enough for them to give them some guidance and give them some courage. So it sounds like Ginger is facing what comes next, but what about her kids, Jenna? Yeah, when we're thinking about these types of services, you know, we have to think about the other side of this, the people who are on the receiving end of the video messages and the texts. What about Ginger's children? Do they want to get one of these videos? So Ginger and I asked Ben one morning what he thought. I guess the question I have is, if I set this up and I'm sending you messages of encouragement in the future, even after I'm not here, is that going to freak you out or do you think that'll be cool? That'll freak me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think it'll freak you out? I don't know. It would be weird to have a computer saying stuff if my mom wasn't here. Because I know you and because I know you would freak out, I, I was just putting in little pep talk quotes about, like, you know, being present in life. Yeah, I think that'd be weird. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know, Ben. Better talk. <laughs> Jenna, I would say it seems very strange to me that this was the first time, it sounds like, that Ginger even talked about using Safe Beyond sort of explicitly with her children. Yeah. She had never really talked about Safe Beyond with any of her kids before my visit. And did they all have the same sort of reaction as Ben, that they were like, ah, this is too weird, Mom? They all reacted very differently, especially her daughter, Brinley. We just sat in the car out the front, just for a good probably 45 minutes, and just she just loved me and hugged me, and I loved her and hugged her, and I, she just allowed me to share, you know, what, I, what my, I, my ideal for her future would be, to be happy and to go travel and, you know, do the things that she's talked about. Whenever I try to bring anything up with Ben, he's not ready. It's too hard. So, and then with Brooks, he just has so much fear. So, I just have to be very careful and honor them in the space they're in so that they don't feel overwhelmed. I also want to make sure that they don't feel left out, you know, and and not have the opportunity to hear what I want them to hear for their future life. So if Ben's not ready now, it's fine. I can do a one-time video and he can hear it when he's ready. Ginger took me through her Safe Beyond profile and she read me an email she's written for her kids. It'll get sent out on the day of her funeral. It just says, hey kiddos, if you're reading this, I'm most likely in heaven looking down at you smiling so big. It probably sucks right now and you feel a bit lost, confused, hurt, sad, and maybe a bit betrayed. Why can't mom just live longer and stay with me? And before you tell me that you don't need another lecture, because I'm always giving them heads up, I want you to listen and hear what I'm saying. First of all, I love you. It's been such a privilege to be your mother. You have no idea how happy you've made me and how proud I am of each of you for the love, happiness, and light you've brought into my life. Um, You all know how much you are loved because I've told you again and again, and I mean it. You three are my greatest accomplishments. You mean everything to me. See, that's why it's hard to record, right? And then I put, you are my joy, and then in all caps, you, period, are, period, my, period, joy. 
and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be your mother. And guess what? I love you and see you again soon. Love, Mom. Oy. That has to be one of the saddest things that I have heard in a really long time. And I mean, particularly as a mother, that is just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I feel very on the fence about whether I would do this or not for my kids. Jen, you're, you have a kid. Would you do it? I don't know. I mean, I think I spend a lot of time as a parent trying to show my son that he has love and acceptance in this world. You know, I write poetry and journals for him. And I think I'd rather have him remember our quality time together and the food I cook him and the special things I try to do just for him rather than go this route, this legacy route. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely know what you mean. But I always worry as a parent that I'm coming up short right now. And, that, and I also think, like, if I suddenly was faced with what Ginger is facing, I, I guess I want to reserve the option. I don't know how I would react. I hear that. I mean, I think the other thing that I keep thinking about is this question that it's still unclear to me how a service like Safe Beyond might affect the grieving process mm. way down the road. And that's why we spoke to this final person, John Troyer. I'm the director of the Center for Death and Society at the University of Bath in Bath, England. And my father, Ron Troyer, was a funeral director. My father's father was a funeral director. And so in an odd way, I've just continued working in, you know, the family business, as it were, but from a different angle. Ideally, in the best case scenario, families have these conversations around what could happen in the future. So do you want to get a message? Now, I understand the idea of surprise, but I think it's important that whatever information, particularly information people want to convey or say or whatever it might be, then becomes very much part of the end-of-life discussion, which is much broader. And that discussion is going to go way beyond whatever kind of technology we develop right now. Vast majority of people never talk about any of this stuff until it's, in many cases, almost too late. There's been a long relationship between what humans do around death. You have the telegraph line, which were used to send death notices. Of course, photography is used right away in the early 20th century to take photographs of the dead body, going all the way through things like telephones being used for telephone trees for people's funerals, uh, VHS tapes being used to create memorial videos. There was an entire industry built around the idea of the memorial video on VHS tape and VCRs, which is now, of course, gone. As we see this, this shift from the analog to the digital, we'll just find new tools to be used today. Starting in the early, but certainly the mid-90s, with the launch of web browsers, what are people creating right away? They're creating websites around death and dying and different ways to memorialize people who have died. You can just as easily find a note someone had written before they died and you just stumble upon it and it you know puts you right back to where that note was from or when that happened. There is a difference here, though, however, is in people who are dying recording the material for the living to then receive a real faith that the dying are putting into these tools that they will work 
And that, I think, is the larger ethical commitment right there. For a long time, I was using an internet service that would, if I didn't respond to an email prompt to make sure I was still alive and, and functioning, would automatically send all that information to my designated next of kin, which are my parents. And this was a company called Death Switch, which was based out of Texas. Ran for 10 years. And then uh, last year or so, the guy who ran it just decided to go on and do other things. And so he shut it down. Would you like be a user of Safe Beyond? No, I'm not, I'm not particularly interested in the different kinds of digital services for these purposes. I mean, the people I know who are around me know that I love them and know that I care about them. And they would know that when I died, whether it was today or whether it was in 20 years. Okay, so I kind of love this lesson, I think, which is let's make sure that the people around us know that you love them right now. Jenna, how is Ginger doing? Have you been in touch with her? Yeah, I just caught up with her, actually. And she told me she's feeling really good. She had some bone pain recently, but she started another new treatment, and that's really helped. So that's good to hear. She's feeling good. And has she made more messages for her kids? Well, it's interesting, actually, because my visit kicked off this big discussion between her and her kids. Mm. And as you kind of heard... They've been talking about Safe Beyond and how Ginger was using it and how she'd like to use it. And Ben, her eldest son, has been pretty adamant that he doesn't want to get video messages in the future. Oh, he has not changed his mind, huh? Not at all. So is she going to stop using Safe Beyond? Well, no. Ben said he's okay with emails, and her other kids also said they were okay with emails. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of pivoted. She's changed her strategy. And now she's recording audio messages and writing emails that'll get triggered out. This is a way for her to really respect her kids and gauge how they feel about Safe Beyond and the things that will come to them in the future. So this is what they've said they think they can handle. Exactly. And she's already recorded some audio recordings. One of them was for her daughter, Brinley. And the other one was a lullaby song that she hopes that her kids and grandkids can always hear and have her voice present. That does sound beautiful. It really does. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks, Manoush. All right, Jen Poyant, executive producer of Note to Self. It's been kind of like a dark month over here at the show. We did two I know. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) Distracted driving, delivering messages to loved ones after you pass away. It's heavy. Is that the right word? Maybe, Jen? Somber? Somber. Okay. Serious? Yes. Yes. But this is all also in service of the tech show of being human. So we are trying to maintain our humanity. Sometimes dying. Yes. uh, Right now. dealing with death is part of our humanity. Death is part of the human experience. For now, Jen. For now. Okay, and guess what, everybody? If you listened to last week's show, you might have an inkling. We are getting ready to start off 2017 with rebirth and fire. Yes, it's in our bellies right now, and you know you want to be part of it. Specifically, our big project that we want to do with you 
It's launching in January. Please go and sign up right now. This is the sort of soft launch, as they call it in the Valley. Um, Go to privacyparadox.org. Why? Because then you can check it off your insane holiday list. And also, you'll know that we will be in touch. We're going to be taking the mystery out of digital privacy in the new year. And right now, we have a survey. When you go to privacyparadox.org, there's a little link there. Click it. We need you to take this. Tell us steps that you've taken, if any, to protect things like your email or anything else important in your life. We need your opinions and we need your stories to make this project as big and awesome as the last two that we've done together. Those of you who've done the projects before, you know what I'm talking about. It's worth your two minutes. Those of you who haven't done the project before, trust us. It's going to be great. Go to privacyparadox.org. Okay, for now, the Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, Jenna Cagle, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Matt Boynton for his help this week, too. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Anoush Samarodi. Goodbye.